Hi, I'm Tally, and this is First Day Back, a serialized podcast about me getting back to work after taking six years off to be with my kids. I think we're definitely at the point where nothing will make sense if you haven't been following. So if you just heard about this podcast and decided to start here, I recommend you go back and start at number one. A lot has been going on with the production of my documentary. To refresh your memory, I'm working with a production company to develop a film. To move forward, we have to sell the idea to a broadcaster. If they invest, we can start production and access other funding. Philippe, my producer, emailed me in for a meeting. He's been waiting for these broadcasters, Art TV and Tele-Québec, to respond to his pitch. Um, so Annie and I presented the, the project to uh, Tele-Québec and uh, Art TV. And uh, they, we just got replies from them saying that uh, they won't go forward with the movie. Ugh, why? Because uh, they think it's too niche and uh, too, it's too artsy for them. Really? Yeah, that's what they said. It sucks because, I mean, they're, it's their, their role to, to produce such movies. Why too niche? Because they say it's uh, the, the the story's happening in Montreal. It's uh, they they say that they they're looking for broader subject matters that will please all Quebecers. Oh, too niche Montreal, like people outside too of urban. Montreal. It's too urban for them, I think. Really? Okay, I'm really and surprised. There's no no stars, no celebrities in the movie. Maybe we should find one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> of course. <laughs> What else can we do? We could do a long-form movie, like a feature film, or we keep on looking for another broadcaster. In the back of my mind, I had a feeling, but it was disappointing nonetheless. It's rejection from two broadcasters who have aired my films before, and I thought they would want this project. When I listen to Philippe's voice and how easy it is for him to make a joke, it highlights the fact that he's got a big company with lots of projects. For me, this is my one thing right now, which is like a rookie freelancing mistake, to put all my eggs in one basket. My problem is, I don't have much time for other baskets. This podcast is my other basket, for what it's worth. Philippe and I talked for another hour about what the options are, his suggestion that we change formats doesn't make sense to me, and looking for another broadcaster at this late stage is really pushing it schedule-wise. We ended up agreeing that a better option is to see if he can sell it as a web series, since there are more and more projects being financed for the internet. So he's looking into that. Bonjour, Sally. Comment vas-tu? Then I got a phone call from Elodie, the director of the FAYA program. That's the program I want to film where the kids build the sculpture and burn it down at the end of the summer. It turns out they're having problems with their funding as well. One of their major funders pulled out suddenly and they've been trying to fill in the gaps. One of the solutions they've found for now is to cut the amount of time allotted for building the sculpture from 12 weeks to 10 weeks. So the program will now start two weeks later. That's fine, because it actually gives us two more weeks to get our financing together. 
but more problematic for me is that they'll divide the participants into two groups. One group will do the first five weeks of building the sculpture, and the second group will do the last five weeks of building. So we won't be following the same people from beginning to end. For a film where you're supposed to get to know people and get invested in their story, this is bad news. When have you ever seen a great documentary where you're following a compelling group of characters and halfway through the movie they change it up for a completely new cast of characters? Never. Part of freelancing is a numbers game, the many eggs in many baskets. If I'm really going to commit to this, I'm realizing that I need to have a few more projects on the go. It requires more commitment than what I've put in so far. I've been trying to play it safe because this is already a big change to manage with my kids. If I pitch more, there's a higher chance one project will work, but what if two work? I have no control over that. Two film projects would mean work would take over my life and my kids would spend more time with a babysitter than with me, which I'm still not okay with. Having one project seem like the safer way to do it, but it's not really jumping in with both feet. Before having kids, I expected that my career was going to reach a certain level, one I hadn't yet reached. I had decent momentum, and no reason to think that taking time off would do anything to change that. Plus, as I've said, I didn't really think it through like that. I couldn't predict how it would change after going through this giant portal of motherhood, and I expected to be back at work pretty quickly. Now I'm feeling ambitious again, but I can't give as much to work as I would need to to get back on the same trajectory. I'm at a moment where I'm evaluating where this career is going. Besides income, what do I want to get out of it? What level of accomplishment will I be okay with? I still have this dream career floating around in my head, the person I hope to be, career-wise. I think we all have one. I met a woman at a coffee shop and she told me hers was to be a VP in international marketing at her former company. I'll say mine out loud, even though I find it embarrassing. I wanted to be the kind of filmmaker who got a film into Sundance. And maybe this is the moment where I let go of that. I have only a tiny little name made for myself inside this tiny little industry in Montreal. And there's the elephant in the room. I'm 42. The 20-somethings are out there, getting jobs, making movies, and I'm competing with them. They have a lot more available time to put in. I'm almost twice the age of a millennial, even though I don't like to think of myself that way. When you're younger, there seems to be all this time ahead of you. There are so many things you want to do and you think, later, later, I'll get there. What if you never get there? I remember back when I was in my 20s. I was at a dinner party talking about an apprenticeship I had on a documentary film. My aunt's friend was there. He was a movie director, an older guy. He never got to make the films he wanted, and here I was, all sparkly idealism. And he did his best to shoot me down. He was bitter, and he wanted to tell me, we don't all get to do what we want to do for a million reasons. I thought, what a drag. Why would he piss all over my parade? 
Now I realize, oh, life. I hope this isn't how a midlife crisis starts. <laughs> right. I need another coffee. <laughs> I got together with Claudine Sauvé, the director of photography on my previous documentaries, to update her. Claudine and I have spent a lot of time together over the years, and she's become one of my closest friends. Her role when we work together is to determine the look of the film, and she does all the camera work. And she is amazing at what she does. So Philippe took, it, took the film to some broadcasters, and so far, everybody has said no. Oh, that's too bad. And to I be honest, I thought you were gonna say that we will do it this summer, and I was like, okay, thinking about uh, maybe after my series, like mid July, maybe it will work, and blah blah blah. Anyway, yeah, keep going. Well, no, I'm just really disappointed. Oh, me too. Philip is supposed to try to see if we can get it done as a web project, maybe. When I stopped working, we were kind of at the same level, you know? And now you've gone on to be super, super successful. <laughs> That's successful. I'm just shooting TV series in Quebec. I'm not that successful. Claudine is being humble. When I took off to have my kids, we were both shooting medium-level independent films, me in documentary and her in fiction. Now Claudine is a hugely in-demand director of photography, working on the biggest TV series being made in Quebec, like the French version of Breaking Bad or CSI. I don't feel that you stop for a few years and we will work together again and it will be so different. I don't think so. I can understand your feelings about it. But well, I guess I just feel ready now to get back. It's like the world is not reacting to my level of enthusiasm <laughs> it's not necessarily about the pleasure of working together because I know we'll find that again but it's about will I be given the chance to do it again kind of thing I'm sure you will <laughs> I don't know I'm sure it just to me it feels kind of obvious like it because it just looks like I chose family and you chose career. It's strange because I didn't decide not having kids. It's not something that I decide like, okay, I won't have kids. I will work as much as I can to, you know, you know get somewhere. Or it's That's not the way I'm thinking. It's not something I decided. It's just happened this way. And I don't think I don't have kids because I worked a lot. It's just because I didn't meet the right man to do kids with. Mm. I didn't uh, have this really like strong feeling that I need kids and that I never. But I was, oh, it will happen one day. I was always like that. Like when I will find the right man and blah, blah, blah. It will happen, but it won't. So... Maybe maybe in 10 years I will, I don't know, I will have this, like, oh my God, I didn't have kids. And, but it depends always the, the way you see it. Like, if you want to see it like a void, a vid, my, you will feel the void all the, the rest of your life. So I don't want to see it this way because it's too sad. 
mosquito, I'm gonna snap it. Yummy. It disappeared. It disappeared. I don't know where it goes. Adam and I were hiding in his play tent. You can hear that I'm congested, and he's grown up a bit since the last interview. He speaks a lot more now. He's really into being interviewed since he's seen Jack do it, so I asked him a few questions about how he's doing. He's been telling me that he wants to stay home instead of going to daycare, which he sometimes calls school. The other day, did you tell me that you want to have more home days? Yeah, I want to have more home days. Because it's always bees a school day because they want to have a big, big, a big, big home day. Do you like home days or school days? I only like home days. When you're at school, do you miss me? Yeah. I hold a picture of you. So then I can just look at you with your necklace. That's good news. (laughs) Why do you like home days more than school days? Because school days just make me feel even sad. I feel like you're just saying that to make me feel like you miss me. But I don't think in the day you really miss me that much, do you? I actually like daycare because it's so fun. Aha! I knew it! I had a feeling you like daycare. Because we get to play and we get to do activities. Those are the fun ideas. And we get to go outside. That's a fun idea. And we get to go into the gym. That's a good idea for me. All of the ideas are good for me. Uh-huh. I like every day's better. You like, you like both kinds of days? Yeah, all of the days. Adam is finally at a point that people told me would come. He actually likes daycare now. One more kick out the door for me. And one less thing to feel guilty about. Except that I'm not good at not feeling guilty. So I'll figure out a way. I'm sitting in my backyard. I was thinking about mompreneurs and the idea that a lot of women change careers after having kids. And sometimes they do it because they want to work more flexible hours. Sometimes they do it because they feel like they're a different person. They want to do something more meaningful or something they've always wanted to try, like becoming a pastry chef or making jewelry. And I was thinking about my comment that the podcast is my other basket. You know, I started this podcast because I wanted to try to flex my documentary muscles. And now I'm thinking... Maybe it's like a fork in the road. I was trying to think of a car metaphor the other day when I was speaking to somebody like, oh, you know, I'm stuck in first gear. And I was thinking my car metaphor would be, I was at the pit stop for a really long time and then I decided to get back on the on-ramp. But the racetrack had a fork in the road. And so I I split the car in two so that I could drive on both tracks. Anyway, basically, there's no car metaphor for this situation. I'm not giving up filmmaking. I'm definitely not giving up on the Faya film. Maybe being a podcaster is my mompreneur idea. I just have to figure out how to get paid.
This morning, I was driving in the car with Adam, and he was asking me all kinds of questions about what the road signs mean. You know, the stop sign, the one-way street sign. There was a sign that said, no trucks. I explained them all, and he was pretty amazed. He said, Mom, you know everything. And I thought, when in the world do you ever get that? Someone as impressed with you as that. These are the moments that before having kids, you picture having. Not all those fights about who gets to press the elevator button. I'm agonizing over my career when I should also be enjoying this. Because it's not going to last. There will be a time when he says, Mom, you don't know anything. So for now, I'm here, straddling these two worlds. You've been listening to First Day Back. Maria Shamus Turner was associate producer on this episode. Thanks to Rob McGinley Myers and Tori Marlin for editorial help. And thanks to Philippe Lamar, Claudine Sauvé, and Ina Hillebrand. The music in this episode is by Poddington Bear and the very awesome Jonathan Hirsch. And I know I say this every time, but I mean it every time. If you like the show, I'd be grateful if you left a review on iTunes. I wanted to share some news with you, actually. I've joined an exciting new podcasting collective called The Herd, H-E-A-R-D. We're a small group of podcasters who have banded together to support each other through resources and community. One of the other podcasts in the collective is called How to Be a Girl, and if you like First Day Back, you should give it a try. It follows a mom as she navigates the world with a transgender daughter. It's heartfelt and so well done. Here's a clip from the show. How to Be a Girl is about raising my transgender daughter. Well, transgender is when, for example, your kid is born and you think it's a boy, but it feels like a girl. And I really have no idea what I'm doing or how this is all going to turn out. But so far, so good. My favorite thing about being transgender is that I'm myself now. You can find it and the other Herd shows at theherdradio.com. That's H-E-A-R-D radio.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.